Welcome to today's online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony, and it is an honor to be with you today as we dive into God's Word. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 14, or you can go to your YouVersion Bible app on your smartphone. If you'll just go to the menu and hit events, type in North Park Church. All of today's notes are gonna be right there for you. Let's dive in together today as we tackle the topic, you see the beauty. Recently, I was walking down the street and I came by a street vendor and my attention immediately was drawn to this advertisement for this really unbelievably good looking cinnamon roll. I mean, this thing looked absolutely amazing. In the picture, it was on a plate. It looked warm. It had this smothered sweet glaze coming all off of it, topped with pecans because I'm from the South. It's not pecans, it's pecans. And when the Bible refers to manna from heaven, I'm confident that what I saw in that advertisement is exactly what it was referring to. It was amazing. So I immediately jumped in line, paid way too much money, and patiently waited for my little slice of paradise. And then the woman handed me something that resembled a cinnamon roll, but it was packaged in cellophane and said, here you go. And I took one look at it, this imposter of a little Debbie cake trying its best to be a really good cinnamon roll that was in that picture and falling way short of that expectation. I just said, this doesn't look like that. And I pointed to the advertisement. She smiled and very politely said, well, you get this. See, sometimes we struggle because what we want is that, but what we get is this. And there's often a huge gap between that and this. I'm confident that I could have bought an entire case of Little Debbie cakes for that price and enjoyed it way more than this really bad excuse for a cinnamon roll. I guess I could say I was disappointed. Some of you don't like that feeling of disappointment that I experienced. And so maybe you're a lot like Zendaya's character, MJ from Spider-Man No Way Home. And this was her philosophy. If you expect disappointment, then you'll never really be disappointed. If you expect disappointment, you'll never really be disappointment. If that's you, you're what I like to call a party pooper. Um, a buzzkill and a person with zero faith. I don't want to see the world that way. I don't want to go through life looking for disappointment so that I'm not disappointed. If you know me well, you know that I'm a dreamer and I'm just here for a good time. I don't believe that there's anything that God cannot do. For me, the glass isn't just half full. It's completely full. It's running over. It's coming off the cabinet and onto the floor. Like I always see things through that lens. Here's the problem. If you're like me, you don't just have high expectations. You have really high expectations. And that can be somewhat of a blessing and it can be a curse. And for most people, it can be a conundrum. Why? Because there's this little pesky thing we call reality. And too often, our reality doesn't match our expectation. 
There's often not just a gap, but a chasm that exists between our expectations and reality. And in that gap, there is an incredible amount of stress, anxiety, and tension. Think about that. If I have an expectation that's here and I have a reality that falls way short in between those two things, there's that tension, that anxiety, that stress, because we don't quite get to experience what it is that we planned for, what we hoped for, what we dreamed or even prayed for. And so as a result of that, we often live overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, feeling never prepared and never quite enough. And when we deal with that long enough, here's what we kind of conclude. We conclude, I must be failing. I must be failing because I'm not ever experiencing the reality of what I dream, hope, plan, and even pray for. Now, I want to help you today. You're not failing. You're just struggling to bridge that gap between expectation and reality. And in the Bible, we find lots of stories of people who were left to deal with that gap. And and we even find it in in Jesus' day. See, the people in Jesus' day, they were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for someone who would lead them. They were waiting for someone who would fight for them, someone who would rescue them. See, this week is Palm Sunday. And this is when we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This was one week before he was crucified. And as he came into the city, literally the people were chanting for him. And they were crying out and waving palm branches. That's where we get the name Palm Sunday. And and here's what they they were saying. They were crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That was quite the celebration, and that was quite the pronouncement. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. The word Hosanna actually means save us. These people wanted someone who would save them, and Jesus was their answer. Jesus was their Savior. They wanted someone who would rescue them from the oppression of Rome. They were under that tyranny of Rome, and they wanted to be free from that oppression. And Jesus was their answer. They wanted to go back to the glory days of when King David ruled. But ever since those days, they had been under the oppression of one empire or another. And they wanted things to go back to the way they were. And they wanted Jesus, their Messiah, to tear it all down. They expected him to come in and just rip it all down and restore days back to the glory of when King David ruled over them. However, Jesus didn't want to just redeem them politically. He wanted to redeem them spiritually. He just wanted to be their redeemer, period. Like he wanted to redeem them so much more than they ever could dream or imagine. His expectation for them was greater than their own expectation. But the problem was when Jesus didn't begin to meet their expectation, when their expectation and reality didn't match up, things really came crashing down. Jesus was arrested. He was falsely accused. He was put before a mock trial. He was sentenced to death. He was nailed to a cross, executed as the worst of criminals, all because their reality didn't match up with their expectations. 
However, they couldn't see what was right in front of their face. They couldn't see the beauty of who Jesus really was in their lives. Now, let me give you another example. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, what we see is God setting his people free, the Israelites, from slavery. The Israelites were under the bondage of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And, and so Moses, God's leader, chosen leader of that day, basically goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says no. And so God sends plagues. Pharaoh changes his mind, sends them out. And then he realizes he's made an enormous mistake. He just lost the majority of his workforce. And so he decides to send out 600 chariots and charioteers to bring them back. Now, chariots probably don't sound very intimidating to you or me today, but they were like the fighter jets of their day. So Moses is leading God's people out of bondage and Pharaoh sends 600 chariots, bring them back, closes in on them. So imagine 600 fighter jets coming their way. So they got terrified. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 says this, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And so what did they do? The Bible says that they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why have you done this to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Now, don't forget, they were slaves and God was setting them free from that oppression and that bondage. But in that moment, in their fear, they just wanted things to go back to the way they were. Verse 12, didn't we tell you this would happen when we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. They couldn't see the beauty of what God was doing. They only saw the ashes. Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. That's some incredible advice that I just want to speak into your life. Maybe you feel like you're in the fight of your life. You don't see the beauty of what God's doing right now. You just see the ashes. And my challenge to you is just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Bible goes on, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Verse 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Stay calm. You need to take that down on a post-it note and you need to plaster that everywhere you can in your life if you're struggling with your current reality. You need to be reminded today that the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. You may be in the fight of your life, but the Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. Everything in your life may be raging like a storm, but the Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. Everything happening in your life right now may look nothing like what you dreamed, hoped, planned, or even prayed for, but the Lord will fight for you. Just Stay calm, stand still and chill. Let God do in you what he longs to do. Check out what happens next. Moses lifts his hands over the sea and the Lord opened a path through the water. He literally splits the seas. 
And the Israelites walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, ground with walls of water on each side. That's not my interpretation. That's the Bible. That's what Scripture says. And the waters then, when the Israelites were, were across on dry land, the waters rushed over the Egyptians and their chariots, and they were swept up in, into the sea. The Bible says that not even a single one of them survived. Some people say, outside of the resurrection itself. That is the single greatest miracle that we read about in the Bible. And the Israelites had a front row seat to watch it happen. So what did they do next? They did what you and I would have done. They worshiped. They lifted their hands and they sang. In fact, if you go to Exodus chapter 15, what you actually see is a worship song of deliverance. They lifted their voice and they praised God. They cried out to him and they thanked him for victory. They thanked him for being their savior. They thanked him for the miracle they saw right before their very eyes. And you would think that they would just continue to worship him and trust him for the rest of their life. But that is not what happened. If you take one chapter over, Exodus chapter 16, just turn the page one time, that spans just a few weeks. Just a few weeks between their miracle, their celebration, their party that they threw worshiping God, just a few weeks later, this is what we read. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. And they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. And there too, the whole community of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. Verse 3, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve to death. What was happening? Their reality did not match their expectation. And all they could do was dream about the glory days. They wanted to go back, even into bondage, even into slavery, even into very difficult circumstances in their life. They begin to rationalize it's better to be in bondage and have some food than to be free and to starve in this current situation. They just wanted things to go back to the way they were. They struggled to see the beauty of the freedom that God was given to them because all they could see were the ashes. Now, if you know the rest of the story, you know that God fed his people and manna from heaven, cinnamon rolls, came out of the sky. Not cinnamon rolls, but manna came down from heaven. God again performed miracle after miracle for his people. And over and over and over, they just kept complaining. Why? Because we struggle with the gap between our expectations and the reality that we are experiencing. What I'm telling you is, in both of these examples, the people of Jesus' day and the people that were following Moses, being rescued by God from slavery into their land of promise. What am I saying? It's human nature to struggle with that gap between our expectations and our reality. So quick reality check, quick inventory check. What's your stuff? What are you facing? What are your current challenges? What ashes do you see in your life? Now, let's be real. 
Life is not always a bed of roses. Things do not always turn out the way we dream, hope, plan, or even pray that they do. So how do we bridge the gap? Here's something I've learned in my life a lot over the last couple of years, and I want you to really lean in and hear it because it's the big idea of the day. I want you to write this down in a place where you can refer back to it often in your life because it's so powerful. Here it is. Just because it's different doesn't mean that it can't still be amazing. There was a moment in my life where I dreaded the future. There was a moment in my life where I didn't have a lot of hope when I thought about what the future held because I just wanted things to go back to the way they were. I could only see the ashes. I couldn't see the beauty of what God was doing in my life. I just wanted things to go back to the way they were. And so I was struggling to deal with the gap in my life between expectations and reality. And what God has taught me in the middle of my fight, in the middle of my challenges, is that just because it's different than what you dreamed, hoped, prayed, and planned that it would be, just because it's different doesn't mean it can't still be absolutely amazing. There's breath in your body. And if there's breath in your body, if you're breathing right now, God has a plan for your future. And it's a plan that he has for you to show the love of Jesus to other people. It's a plan for you to worship him and bring glory and honor to him. It's a plan for you to live fulfilled. It's a plan for you to make an impact and a difference in the world in which you live. It's a plan for you to live out your purpose on this earth. And so I challenge you, lean into the future that he has for you just because it's different doesn't mean it can't be amazing. Just because it's not what you experienced in the past doesn't mean that it can't be amazing. Just because it's not what you expected doesn't mean that it can't be amazing. Now, I want to help you today. I want to give you a few practical ways that will help you bridge the gap between your expectations and your reality. And here's the first one. Choose gratitude no matter what. Choose gratitude no matter what. What does scripture say? In all things, give thanks. It doesn't say in the good times, give thanks. If things are going your way, give thanks. If you pray and God does exactly what you ask, A, B, C, D, and E, if God does everything you want him to, give thanks. That's not what it says. In all things, give thanks. My life verse, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's already done in your life. What a great way to worship. What a great way to live your life that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, that you are going to choose gratitude no matter what. And I think it's a mental shift. The Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, One translation says be transformed by changing the way you think. I can tell you there was a point in my life where I had to make a mental shift. It was a decision to change the way that I was thinking because I was so angry at God for what I did not have that I lost sight of the amazing blessings of God that he had poured out in my life. And so instead of constantly being frustrated by what didn't happen or prayers that didn't get answered the way I wanted them to, I literally begin to just be thankful for the things that God had done in my life. And just that one shift 
It didn't necessarily change my circumstance, but it certainly changed me in the middle of my circumstance. And your perspective is everything. You can't always change your circumstance, but you can always change your response to it. And I wish that we could. I wish we had a remote control. I wish we had an app where we just had complete control over everything happening in our lives. But the reality is you do not, and neither do I. That's not the way God wired us. That's not how God planned this to be. But what we can do in the middle of those circumstances we can't control, we can choose the way we respond to it. So choose gratitude no matter what. Second thing, stop comparing yourself to the highlight reel of other people. I think that's one thing that we really struggle with is because we want to, to attain this certain goal or this certain life. And so what we do is we complain and we, can, we compare our reality to everybody else's filtered and, and their highlight reel. I love what Robert Madu says. He says that comparison is the cancer to your contentment. And if you're always comparing your situation with everyone else's, chances are you're always going to be let down. You're always going to be disappointed. So stop comparing yourself and your situation to everybody else's. Be who God called you to be. Here's the third thing. Keep doing the right thing when the wrong thing happens. I know we're tempted at times when we're doing the right things, but yet the wrong thing happens. We want to abandon those things. But I would say we know what brings intimacy in this relationship with Jesus. We know what God's word says about the way that we're to live our lives. We know about worship and reading our Bible and praying and, and, and leaning into other people and, 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 and being generous and serving. Like all of those things that we know honor God and that, that, that allow us that opportunity to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. We know what it looks like to do the right thing. Don't abandon the right thing when the wrong things begin to happen. Just keep doing the right thing. Be faithful. Be a great steward of what God is doing and what he's placed in your life. Keep doing the right thing even when the wrong thing happens. Here's the fourth thing. Hold tightly to the promise, but loosely to how it happens. I think sometimes we want to abandon the promises of God because our reality isn't matching up with our expectations, but it's quite possible that the promise that God's spoken over our life, that that's true, it's what's going to happen, but things don't always happen the way that we expect them to happen. So let's hold tight to God's word. Let's hold tight to the promise, but let's hold loosely to how it happens. And then the fifth thing, we're going to trust him because he's a God who can always be trusted. You know, we talk a lot about how to respond in crisis at North Park. And our answer to that question, how do we respond to crisis, is, is simply this. We believe that God can, we pray that he will, and we trust him whether he chooses to or not. We're just going to trust him regardless of the outcome because we know that he is a God who can always be trusted. He will not let you down. It is not in his nature. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you to the very ends of the earth. He can always be trusted. And let me give you a bonus. Here's the bonus one. You ready? Just keep worshiping. Even in moments where you don't feel like you can pray, keep worshiping. In moments where you don't feel like you can open your Bible, just keep worshiping. There are moments that I don't have the words to pray, 
There are moments when, when, when I don't want to open my Bible. I'm just being real with you today. But there's something about worship. There's something about putting on that worship music and just getting alone with God and just lifting up my praise to Him in the middle of my fight, in the middle of my circumstance. There's something powerful that happens when we worship. It keeps us connected to the heart of God. What does it say? The Bible says that God inhabits what? The praises of His people. He literally inhabits the praises of his people. He takes up residence where your worship is lifted. So I challenge you, just keep worshiping in the fight of your life. Worship is our response to who God is and what he's doing in our life. Here's a great question that I want you to ask today. What does God want to accomplish in my life through my current challenges and my struggles. Let me ask it again. What does God want to accomplish in my life through my current challenges and struggles? I might be very naive. Maybe this is me being glass over, flooding and running off the cabinet onto the floor. I just believe there's purpose in the pain. I don't believe God's gonna waste anything in your life. I believe he wants to redeem your circumstance. He wants to redeem your loss. And he wants to restore to you what you've lost. I believe that with all my heart. There's purpose in the pain. There's a beautiful song by Phil Wickham that says, Battle Belongs. And this is some of the lyrics to the song. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. As I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. And I love this one line. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. You see the beauty. What is it that God's trying to do in your life? Is it possible that all you see are the ashes? when there's something very unique and specific that God is doing in your heart and in your life. And my prayer is that as you continue to choose gratitude, as you stop comparing yourself to everybody around you, as you keep doing the right thing when the wrong thing happens, as you hold tightly to the promise and loosely to how it happens, as you keep trusting Him and you keep worshiping Him, that you will begin to see something very different in your life, that you'll see the beauty, not just the ashes. That even though it's different than what you hoped and dreamed and planned or even prayed that it would be, that you would recognize it can still be amazing, exceedingly above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for my friends today. I do recognize there is often a big gap between what we want to see in our life, our expectations, and what we actually get to see, our reality. And I pray that in the middle of that tension that we often live in, Lord, that you would help us to respond in the right way, that we would be grateful, that we wouldn't compare, that we would keep doing the right thing, that we'd be faithful that we would hold tightly to your promise and loosely to how it happens, and that we would be people who trust you no matter what. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.